91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why did my facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Dylan. Hold up! Wait a minute! Put a little love in it! Guys, I have been waiting since we started this show to talk about this Christmas album. Tonight we're talking about the Family Force 5 Christmas album, dude. My favorite Christian band. So for the first time ever, I'm bringing the Christian music values to the podcast. Fair enough. And here's my problem. I'm going to state this with the Family Force 5 episode right not out enough, the gate. Not enough God. No, Sorry. yeah. It was really lacking God in this one. <laughs> so my problem is like, I remember going to Purple Door Fest. So Purple Door Festival was a Christian music festival that was held in Lancaster, PA or Harrisburg, yeah. somewhere somewhere fairly close to where I live. So you you grew up in the church, right? I grew up in the church, but Purple Door was my festival. Like most okay. people grew up with like Creation Fest and that was like, oh, here's all like the contemporary Christian artists like playing in one Purple oh, Door God is yeah, an like, awesome guy. Exactly. Reigns. Purple Door was like, hey, here's all of the bands that are on Tooth and Nail and yeah. Solid State. Like it was like a punk and metal festival. So like you would get there and it would be three stages. There'd be like the main stage, and that would be like headlined by like 
Blindside or POD or or like whoever was like the big mainstream POD. Yeah, like it was like whoever was like the big mainstream band at that time was the headliner usually. And if there wasn't a big mainstream band at that time, it was usually Supertones or Five Iron Frenzy. Like it was like there wasn't, you kind of knew what you're getting in for on the main stage. So then there was the HM stage, which stood for heavy music. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Creativity. Very creative. But that's like, that was where you would go and you would see like, the chariot followed by Norma Jean followed by like Zaya. Like it was like all of like the death metal, the speed metal. Um, and then there'd be like peppered into there would be like the indie rock artists. So it was like really, it was a really weird vibe. Like I would usually stay at that stage because that's where I would also see like Juliana theory and may, but it's like, yo, this band sound does not blend with like the chariot coming up next with our borderline grindcore. Yeah. But then there was, I forget what the third stage was called, but it was basically like the artsy stage where like every once in a while, like I know I saw Paramore play there, but like more often than not, it was stuff like Anathello. Like, I'm not sure if you ever heard Anathello before. Family Force Five played that stage. Like, I feel like that was okay. the stage where they just were like, I don't know what genre this is. And I remember hearing them doing the stuff that you kicked this off with, like Love yeah. Addict or like Ugly People Put Your put Hands, your hands down. down. And I was like, this band's amazing. And yeah. then, like, they didn't really do anything. Like, I have a demo. Of yeah. them from before their first album came out, because that's all they had when they played Purple Door yeah. was like this five song sampler that was just burnt on a blank disc that they just put a business card inside of. And I'm pretty sure they got signed at Tooth and Nail at that Purple Based Door show. That. Yeah, that's cool. So I was like, this band's amazing. And that was like the beginning of the crunk core scene. They were the most crunk core band I was into for sure. And I think it was because they were like just barely crunk core anyway. Yeah. But whatever crunk core, rap core, what do you want to call them, dance metal, you want to factor them into, by the time the second album came out, that was already kind of faded out of their sound. Yeah. And while I enjoy what I've heard off of Do and Die, and this is kind of a precursor to what I'm about to talk about with Christmas Pageant, I enjoy uh, elements... The album is called Dance or Die? Sorry. Whatever. <laughs> I enjoy this, but in my brain, it always feels weird that this is the same band, band? Yeah. that put out Business, Business in the front, front, Party in the Back, because that album was like, never left my car. Like that's, That album was pumping in my car for like five years. So when like it wasn't this weird, like heavy, dancey, I didn't know how to describe it type music, like... Yeah. It always just feels weird to me when I when I hear it. So I'm just giving that as a precursor to when I am maybe kind of <laughs> ultimately like I liked the album, but there are definitely tracks that I feel like if I listened to them more and got more exposed to them over the years, I would like them more than I did. But yeah. I always just feel lukewarm towards Family Force 5 because it's never as good as that first time I heard the band. I can get I can get behind like, that. My history with Falling Force 5, it's so funny because I went to Catholic school for nine years. So I kind of grew up in or around the church as well. But if anyone knows anything about like Catholicism and that offshoot of Christianity, there's not it's not the same scene as like the youth group scene. It's, it's not it's, a lot of fun. The, the, yeah, the fun yeah. is turned down a lot in the Catholic exactly, scene. Exactly. Which is so funny because it's also quite the opposite where I can do whatever the hell I want as long as I ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's weird how that works out. <laughs> yeah. I went to youth group a couple times, but it was never 
at my church, it was always like I would go to my cousin's house and they had youth group that night. So it'd be like, a, let's go. We're going to go to youth group. And I'm like, what is this? And it was like a big party in a church. And we're all like dancing and singing songs. And it looks like a concert. and It's so much fun. And then like 20 minutes in, they're like, all right, we're going to get Jesus-y now. And then they start. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. That's what this is. But what's so funny is like I didn't discover Family Force 5 until I was in high school. So 2006. And that's kind of when they were getting their start as well. Yeah. was around that time. It was the MySpace era. And I heard the song love addict i was a theater kid in high school still am and and one of the people one of the kids was playing love addict on the boombox that we would listen to before shows i'm like what is this this sounds fucking awesome yeah and then i went and i i borrowed the business up front party in the back cd from a friend and fell in love with it and then i started digging a little deeper in family force five and saw that they had recently put out a new album dance or die and the only song i'd heard off of it was radiator for those of you who don't know radiator is like the one song on dance or die that kind of sounds similar to the songs on business up front party in the back so yep. like, this fucking rules like this is such <laughs> a great song so i i bought the dance or die cd at like walmart or something and I, I'm sitting there, I put it in my CD player, and it was a genuine look of, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. What the hell's going on? Fast forward like two weeks later, and it's all I'm fucking listening to is that <laughs> Dance or Die album. I absolutely adore that album. And I love the, the follow-up to it, which was called Dance or Die with a Vengeance, where they just brought in a bunch of their friends to do remixes of their songs. They got the lead singer of, Reliant K to do a song. They've got the the guy from Secret Handshake to do a song. Uh, they bring in the guys from 303 to uh, remix a song for them. Like it was just, it was really fun. It was it was more of where the first album was very like rap rock. Like this was very dance rock. Yeah, it I was, feel like they they almost. I, you know, I was saying crunkcore, and that's not appropriate at all. They're no, more like I, but they always get roped into that scene, and yeah. I think it was because they were getting big around the MySpace era, and nobody knew how to classify them. Because to me, Broken Side and Family Force Five are two completely well, different. That's things. what I was going to say. Family Force Five has more in common with Kesha than it does with yeah. with Broken Side. Um, so yeah, like they they definitely had more of like a dance. It was more of a dance, dance rock. rock thing, and and the dancer die with a vengeance leaned even heavier into that electronic sound. The problem was is that after dancer die, and even after the Christmas pageant album, is that's what they kept hearing was like, "Where's the sound from the first record?" And if you listen to the third album, which is just titled Three, it kind of goes back to that sound. As much as I enjoy that sound, I think I developed more of a liking for the dance or die album this is one thing that i do hate i don't like when a band that i like changes their sound yeah but i really don't like when they just go back to their sound yeah. like that has been that was always my complaint with something like i think that this addiction by alkaline trio is a very good album yeah but i also feel like man you guys were like really maturing as artists and then you just kind of gave in to people complaining and then just made like god damn it part two yeah like and it's like it it, it is almost like a little disheartening because i'm not into that fan service that much yeah. which is like what i love about green day which is that green day has just kept being green day like they're like this is the yeah. fucking music we want to make like 
sorry that we're 40 and don't want to be writing Dookie again. Yeah, like, but I mean, that's the thing is like, I don't like New Green Day, but I can also guarantee I would not like it if they came out with another Dookie or Insomniac yeah. or something well, like that's, that. That's like, I, I, I would make the same argument with Weezer. Like, even if a band is putting out albums that I don't like, if they're creatively stretching themselves, yeah. I'm into it. Because I yeah. want to see a band evolve and like push their limitations than like just see them produce the status quo for 20 years. Exactly. So what's um, unfortunate about Family Force 5 is after that third album... Like half the members are gone, right? Like, like it's, it's, Unfortunate is, is kind of a not a great term for this. Uh, Soul Glow, which is one of the... Uh, the old brothers, one of the main three of the band, left to go raise his son or raise his kid. I can't, I don't remember if he has a son or a daughter, but what to go be with his family. Asshole. So yeah, what an <laughs> asshole! No, that's awesome for him. But yeah. Pruton took over vocals, and he always was like secondary vocalist in the band. But also, like every song that Crouton would lead sing on, I hated. So like when he became the main singer, I was like, this is kind of not great. They. Kept going on with those, the five that was left because they were, they brought in another drummer and they put out uh, another album. Time stands still. It led more into Dance or Die, but again, I am not a huge fan of his vocals to begin with, so I wasn't super into it. And then they also did another Christmas song, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, and I didn't like that. And then basically, Three of them left, and the only two left were Fruton and Fatty, which are like the only Olds brothers that were left. And they did an EP. They changed their name to FF5. And I actually got a chance to interview them around that time, the FF5 time. And it sounded like they wanted to continue on, but I, I think at that point they were just like, yeah, we want to keep making music, but like this thing isn't going to work out anymore. So unfortunately, they're not around anymore. But this album the christmas pageant album has pretty much been a part of my regular christmas rotation since it came out in 2009 all right well let's dive into it it's it's 10 tracks two originals and eight covers yeah we'll do the reverse of how i've done the happy christmas you say the song and i'll tell you the note that i wrote and then we'll go from there all right that sounds good so we kick off with a, a, a huge, like, blaring horn as we lead into Carol of the Bells. I don't blame my whole career for this. I said for this one, I'm really not crazy about the auto-tuned vocals on this one, but I like the beat. I think I would have liked this song more if it was just straight up an instrumental track for like a minute and a half. Yeah, it's really weird, and I think it really sets a tone for what you're getting 90% of this record. Around this time, this was before album three. This was right around that dance or die. We're really leaning into the synth. We're really leaning into the auto-tune. And I mean, that was 2009, oh, if you for remember sure. it. I mean, that was just the big thing in general. My, and my complaint isn't about the auto-tune throughout the album. It's it's the usage on the vocals on this specific track. Yeah, feels off. Yeah. yeah, like at least... Family Falls 5. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just like, I can barely understand what you're saying. Like yeah. level of auto-tune. Like I said, I thought that the actual instrumentation of this cover is kind of fucking cool. I yeah, just wish I mean, that I liked the vocals more. 
<laughs> it's a really cool way to do the song, like the a dance version of Carol the Bells. My biggest complaint about this song, and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier, is in this song, Solomon, Soul Glow, and Crouton kind of go back and forth with their vocals. And again, no hate against like Crouton, but I am much more of a fan of Soul Glow and. I think he just takes a back seat for most of this Christmas album. But this is a song that when I first heard the album, fuck yeah! Now yeah. I skip it. Honestly, I skip it because it just gets on my nerves now. It's yeah. not bad. It's just not something I listen to a lot of. Next up, we have one of my favorite jams on the album, which is their cover of Little Drummer Boy. So I didn't write too much. I just said this is a little bit more my speed. Yeah. So I would say that it took me maybe three or four tracks to really get invested into this album. But Little Drummer Boy, I was like, okay, this is a little bit more of what I was hoping for. Yeah. Um, and it's a quick one. You know, it's under two minutes. Little it's Drummer Boy's in and minutes. out. <laughs> and honestly, whenever you're pl- you're showing me those happy Christmas albums and I come across one of those weird like synthy songs... This is the song that pops in my head as well. <laughs> this is always the song that I compare it to. Funny enough, Crouton is the one leading the vocals on this one. So even though I said before, like he gets on my nerves, I think this is perfect. I love when he goes into that high pitch, like whiny sound. It's very drummer boy. It's it's very like drumline, high hats, and it's just, I, it's a lot of fun. I really do. I like I like their cover of Little Drummer Boy. And it's so funny that I brought up this record for us to listen to because we mentioned it before um, when we were talking about your opinion off air. There are some songs that I just do not like on this album. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, 921 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. So next up, we have uh, a song from one of the greatest Christmas specials of all time, Charlie Brown's Christmas. Family Force Five's cover of Christmas Time is here. Yeah, no, it's it's arguably a better version of the song than the original. But no, I, I in all seriousness, I actually really do like the direction that they went with this cover. I thought I love fun. 
Yeah. I love this cover of Christmas Time is Here. Again, it's it's just so happy. That's what I want. Yeah. In there's a Christmas two, album. Is this there, just so fucking happy? There's two covers on this that I would be willing to say might actually be my favorite version of those songs. And Ooh, is Christmas this one of them? Is, Christmas Time is Here is one of them. Yeah, but I don't know if I can take your opinion of that so seriously since you are an <laughs> avid Charlie Brown hater. <laughs> a little bit, but whatever. It's fine. Next up, we have my favorite cover of this song, a song we talked about a couple weeks ago. And this is the this is this is the version of the song that makes me think of it as a Christmas song, mainly because this is the version I heard all the time. I used to listen to this album. I have distinct memories of listening to this album while I was cleaning up the house around Christmas time, actually around this time of year where like mid November. I'm cleaning up the house, getting ready for Thanksgiving and everything else. And I would just have this album playing. And this is one of the songs that would play. And that's my favorite thing. Uh, and my note is I get why Dylan likes this cover so much. Okay. <laughs> Which I okay don't so ex- explain. I don't know because I listened to this like a week, a week and a half ago, but yeah. I think that I enjoyed it as a cover, but it, I also feel like it very much has the the Dylan stamp of approval in just the way it sounds because it's not as boring as the version that we it's all know. very 2009 yes like it's it is <laughs> I feel like that could describe every single song on this album you're actually, not but... lying it's it's very 2009 I mean if you hated the auto tune and Carol of the Bells like we turn it up to 11 in my favorite things but I think the difference is is like He's singing in my favorite things where Carol the Bells, he was like talking and trying to rap and it didn't sound as good. But I I like it here. Raindrops and roses and whiskers on the kittens. Yeah, it's definitely less in your face this round. Yeah, I I dig it. And I hate that that the show that song comes from, but I do love that (laughs) version of it. Next up, we have Angels We Have Heard on High. Angels we have heard on night, sweetly singing o'er the plains. I wrote down, I genuinely don't think a bad version of Angels We Have Heard on High exists. I just have always liked this song. It's such a great song. It's such a, it's, you know what it is? A lot of Christmas songs, a lot of church-based Christmas songs, we will say, they're not really like the greatest melodies of all time, but like, Angels we have heard on high. There's something about the melody of that song that, like, I don't even care. Like, just hearing that, like, there's just something very aesthetically pleasing about the the way that that song is. And then, of course, you get into like the. It's so good, dude. It gives me chills. Even like, it's weird to say a Family Force Five song gives me chills, but like, even their cover of it, I'm like, when they do that. And the music's picking up. Yeah. yeah. Oh. December 17th, we're doing that charity live stream. Um, right. And we we did one last year as well. But my brother is, again, we're going to reuse some of the old bumpers that he did. But we're also going to try to get a couple new ones in there. Nice. But he did a really cool one to an 8-bit version of Angels We Have Heard Ooh. on High, which is also fucking awesome. So Yeah. 
I, if, if I've learned anything this past week is that I love uh, chip tune and 8-bit Christmas music. So oh, for I've been, I've been sure. I've playing it in the classroom a lot. <laughs> so it's great. But Angels We Have Heard Ohio, I think this is a great cover. Um, kind of adding on to what I was saying the, the during the last song, I've gotten to a point where I've heard this album so many times where I will skip a lot of the songs because I've just heard them so many times. Angels We Have Heard on High is one that I will never skip. Uh, along with Christmas Time is Here. Those are two songs that I, I do not skip when they, yeah. when they pop now up. Now, there's, there's one more on here that I think would be a no skip for me. Um, All right. Now, next up, we have Do You Hear What I Do You Hear What I Hear? Do You Hear What I Do You Hear What I Hear? Do You Hear What I Do You Hear What I Hear? Do You Hear What I Do You Hear? I wrote, I have no clue how to feel about this cover. <laughs> I uh, yeah. don't think I liked it, <laughs> but I also wasn't like, oh, this sucks. But I was yeah. just kind of like, what is this? I I feel like it was an experiment and I appreciate that they tried, <laughs> but I don't think it was a success. <laughs> like, My feelings on Do You Hear What I Hear kind of relate more to the song than this cover. I mean, the song sucks to begin I with. I hate yeah. this fucking song. And the song that my mom would always play in the car is that stupid fucking Rose, uh, Rosie O'Donnell and Elmo version. Do you know which one I'm talking no, about? No, but I don't oh want to. Oh my god, it is <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell and Elmo singing this song like as a call and response. When I was a kid, I was like, this is fucking awesome! And now I'll listen to it. I'm like, this is garbage. <laughs> um, I can't get into it. I don't like the song. And the only way to make the song worse is to make it like a like a rap anthem version of the song. And yeah, that's what they did here. And it's uh, I I am not a fan of it. Like again, just like we're you about said, to hit props to trying. We're we're about to hit what I would call the rough patch of the album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's 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 definitely it. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but there's about three tracks that we're about to hit that I'm yeah, just this is not this would a be, fan of. This would be a really great EP. Like, yeah, this like, would be a really good seven song. <laughs> six, six six song. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, no. Yeah. All right, let's dive into this next one because this is when I was like, oh no. All right, so the next song i don't know what this is <laughs> is a straight up like take everything you know about family force 5 off your brain and just bring in soul glow and crouton and they just straight up rap towards the night before christmas yeah i did not like any second of this <laughs> now i don't know i don't like 90% of this song, but that 10%, can you guess? Guess what 10% of this song I love. I, I, I'm going to be totally up front with you. If it's after the two-minute mark, I didn't make it that far. <laughs> on Dasher, on Dancer, on Prancer and Vixen, on Comet and Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. I love the fucking singing of the reindeer names. Sure, to the top fine. of the bush, top of the wall, dash away, dash away, oh, dash on. Twas the night but before Christmas. Similarly to what we just said about do what Christmas. do you hear what I hear? You know, props for trying, <laughs> but 
but this was this was a misstep. You would rather listen to me rap. Yeah, no, I'd rather you just do the whole song. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It's uh, it's not good, but I do I do like that little chorus, that little hook part. Uh, You either do it super sincere or go for the rafters goofy, and this felt like it was goofy, but no one told them. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, you know what would be cool? If we wrapped it. And they're like, as a goof, right? And they're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But that, you know what? I'll I'll take this over the next couple things that happened to us. Oh my God. So I guess the best thing I can say about the next song, It's Christmas Day, is like, this was their way of saying, hey, let's sincerely write a Christmas song. Like, like, let's sincerely do a Christmas song. Next song is, is It's Christmas Day. So I already knew this song because it okay. appeared on Happy Christmas Volume 4. Okay. Um, and I want to read something to you on the Wikipedia page. The single It's Christmas Day uh, received favorable reviews from John de Blasi, of JesusFreakHideout.com commenting, another surprise highlight is the entirely uncharistic original song, It's Christmas Day, a pop ballad that's fashioned perfectly to the pop radio and will stand the test of time longer than any of the covers on this album. Wrong. (laughs) This is a really forgettable song. It really is. It's kind of a boring song. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't want to... This is far from the worst song on this record. No, no, we haven't gotten there yet. Um... (laughs) But it but is boring as hell. <laughs> it's what's bad is that I am familiar with the song and had heard it yearly for the last ten years, and, didn't and I could that. not tell you what the like. If you were like, "How does the melody of that song go?" I would be unable to produce the you. The only a thing I remember about this song is at one point they go, "It's Christmas Day," like that's it, <laughs> <laughs> which is the title of the song. Yeah. All right, let's get to Oh, it. my God. So next up, we have what's probably the cringiest song on this this record, which I have – I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't listened to this song in years. And even knowing we were going to revisit this song, I didn't re-listen to this song because it makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like if I remember it correctly, there's like some really like creepy samples – but the song is about baby Jesus. Yeah. But it's um, like it's like Daddy. North Star hanging in the sky. Shine down. Yeah, I wrote down I'm maybe over time this song The Baby would grow on me. But for my first listen, I found this very annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. It is not good. It's You're right. It's just this nonstop loop of sound that you're just so, like, what is happening? <laughs> like, here's the way I can describe it. Because as you were talking, as we do, so I, we have the songs playing in our ears sometimes. So Just so I can remember what song we're talking about. And the listening to 15 seconds of this... <laughs> People listening, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go listen to that old T.I. song, Whatever You Like. And then I want you to listen to The Baby by Family Force 5. And tell me it's not the same fucking song. It's just one of them is about baby Jesus. 
It's not good. But seriously, just sitting here listening to, starting it at 20 seconds in and listening to eight seconds of it, I'm like, this is just TI's whatever you like. Yeah. But weird. <laughs> it makes me feel uncomfortable. But I honestly think we end on a high note. I agree. I wrote down my favorite version of this song. Much like Last Christmas, I believe that Wonderful Christmas Time, which is the last song on this album, is like quintessential 80s. Like, like this song yeah. and no, Last it's, Christmas. It's fantastic. I want a... I want a, a seven inch of Last Christmas on one side and Wonderful Christmas Time on the other side because I think those are two of my favorite Christmas songs and two songs that for some reason get hated on constantly during the yeah. Christmas season. I don't get it. Yeah, no, especially there are people who legitimately will tell you that Wonderful Christmas Time is the end of sentence worst Christmas song that's ever been made. How? And that in a world where songs like Leroy the Redneck Reindeer exists <laughs> like like come on we're not even scratching the surface on bad we're not I mean there's a song really that you not. like that I cannot stand that is worse than this are we talking what are, which, which song uh, Dominic the Donkey oh Dominic the Donkey I thought you were gonna go Santa Claus is a vintage no I'm okay with that one <laughs> so overall thoughts on Family Force 5 Christmas album. Since revisiting, for me, this is still gonna be something I listen to yearly, but I'm gonna continue my tradition of skipping pretty much four to five out of the 10 tracks. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, there's, like I said, I wanna add it into my regular rotation, but I also was like, uh, <laughs> like my life isn't better <laughs> now that this has been added to my life. But my life isn't worse because of it either. Well, here's like, what I'll say, asshole, is that my life isn't better every time you send me a fucking Christmas Christian uh, variety record. I'm going to challenge you on that and say that <laughs> Santa Claus is back in town cover alone has made your life a little bit better. <laughs> I think that's one of my favorite moments of our chat is... <laughs> I feel like at one point, I can't remember the exact thing you said, but you were like, this song's like if Santa Claus is getting ready to go give Mrs. Claus a deep dickin'. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite moments. But I'm going to be honest. This is one of those other weird things about me that everyone has learned at this point is weird things make me think of Christmas time. And there are other songs by Family Force 5 that make me think of this time of year more than most of the songs on this record like that dance or die album puts me in that thanksgiving mood because i was always listening to it around around this time and i think it's just because i was oh we were always doing theater around this time so i associate it with that memory i like that era of family force five this album not great but there are songs that i do hold close to me and I, there are songs on this album that i love in the way that you love some of those songs on the Happy Christmas. Dude, it's Christmas music. I, I fucking love it. And we're in the midst of, of the Christmas season. I don't give a shit who you are. But you know what? Happy Family Force 5 Christmas, Dylan. Happy Family Force 5 Christmas, Matt. Whoa, oh, whoa, oh, oh, now we won't stop till the big ball drops on New Year's. Hop, 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 h
listening to the Geekscape Network. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.